0: Welcome to the porch, an online community of believers committed to restoring the priesthood of the believer and regaining the world-shaking influence of the early church. The church age is still in effect. The day of Pentecost is ongoing. The fire of the upper room still burns. This is where we get back to basics, the red letter basics, by examining the word of God and the example of the Book of Acts Church to discover how the early church served the Lord. In doing so, we discovered the church the Lord intended and not the one that man created. The Porch on the Air since March of 2010 can only be heard on Firefall Talk Radio, which is a part of the Firefall Media Group. We're glad you're with us. To reach us click the contact button on the Firefall Talk Radio homepage at firefalltalkradio.com. If you want to support what we do there are ways to do that starting with a PayPal link at the bottom of the homepage. You can also use the Venmo app, which is easier to use and has fewer fees, where we can be found under at Firefall Media Group. One word. Uppercase on FMG. Thank you to each and every one of you who support what we do. We appreciate your support and encouragement. Give as the Lord leads. And now, to the Bible study with Richard Grund. Psalm 98 verses 1 through 4 says, "O oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have gained him the victory. The Lord made known his salvation" His righteousness he has revealed in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his mercy and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout joyfully to the Lord. All the earth Bring forth, break forth in song. Rejoice and sing praises. The song of praise to the Lord. The song of praise for his salvation and for his judgments which were always true, no matter whether we agree with them or not. That's how we start out here at The Porch. We always praise the Lord. We don't enter his courts without thanksgiving and praise. You may say, well, this is just an online Bible study, Richard. No, it's more than that. It's a community of believers coming together week to week, sharing with each other, praise reports, prayer requests. Now, many of you send them to me privately, but you don't want them out in the open, and I understand that. That's great. But that's what this is about. We never enter his courts. We never speak his word. We never do anything without thanking him and praising him. So I praise him. I praise him for my salvation. Because without that, almost 33 years ago, October of 1988, I wouldn't have anything I'm about to mention. I wouldn't have my family. I wouldn't have my wife soon to be of 41 years on the 26th. I wouldn't have my sons. <clears throat> wouldn't have my daughter-in-laws, wouldn't have my grandson, wouldn't have had all these furry kids we've had over the years and the ones we have now. I wouldn't have this home. I wouldn't be here with you. So I praise him for that. Without that, I am nothing. I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for my sons, daughter-in-laws, grandson, our furry kids, this home, all the technology, everything I'm sitting around right now is because of him, because I'm his son. So I'm thankful for that. I praise him for the dreams and the visions, which are starting to come true. They may take a while. You remember, he's outside of time. We're not. He's not bound by time. We are. So in the fullness of time, the dreams and the visions come true, and they're happening. Even as I speak, I praise him for it. I praise him for the upper room, the empty tomb, the cross, the Holy Spirit. I praise him for the power that he's put inside of us to be able to walk with him and hear him. I, I praise him for being a new creation and living in these prophetic times. And I praise him for the signs that I believe he's getting ready to return. I don't know when. I won't put a date on it, but the signs are there. They actually began on the day of Pentecost. And they quickened when Israel became a nation. Which is why we always start out prayer. By praying for the peace of Jerusalem, may they prosper who love you. Psalm 122, verse 6. I Pray for Israel. I pray for its leadership. I pray protection against its enemies. I pray for peace, which they will only have when the Prince of Peace returns. So therefore I pray that they would come to know their Hamashiach, their Messiah. I pray for America. Folks, I don't know what you believe, but I believe we're in trouble. We're in deep, deep trouble that only the Lord can fix. No man can do it. No man-made system can do it. Only he can fix and help us. So we pray for that. I pray for him to guide the leaders, even though they may not want to do his will, that they would do it anyway. I pray for his grace. And his mercy. I pray for the fatherless and the widows, the innocent, in and out of womb, the womb, those that have been victimized by injustice, the martyred, our brothers and sisters around the world being slaughtered for their faith. If you're looking for justice in this world, you're looking in the wrong place. There can be no justice without the Lord in control. I pray for the missing and exploited children, the victims of human trafficking, sex trafficking, a diabolical endeavor that's been going on since the fallen came to earth, but I believe that over the last couple of decades, it's gone into overdrive. The growing religious persecution and the anti-Semitism, it's on social media, it's in our shows. Nobody seems to be hiding it anymore. That just tells me that the spirit of the Antichrist is waiting in the wings. But many like me are praying against it. We're praying that this isn't his time and the Lord would push him back. I'm praying for divine wholeness and healing as we get back to our divine design. Whatever you're struggling with right now in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, be healed. And if it's something that you've caused or that the world is causing, I'm praying that not only will he heal it, he will reveal it to you so that you can correct it. We know that we have help, divine help. But I also know that we're a part of the equation. If we make bad choices, we reap what we sow. So if you're making bad choices physically, I pray that he'll show you so that you can stop. I pray for protection, that Psalm 91 covering over each and every one of us, that we would walk covered, that he would be our shield, the glory and the lifter of our head, that the Holy Spirit would inspire us and remind us of the calling and of the kingdom. I'm praying for the remnant. That's who I believe I'm speaking to. I don't speak to the church at large. The church at large doesn't want to hear what I have to say. They used to bother me. It doesn't bother me anymore. So I'm praying that the remnant would wake up. Rise up. Answer the call to action. If you know somebody who you believe is the remnant and is called to this time, maybe they're not getting fed. Maybe they're not getting encouraged. I'm not asking you to tell them to leave where they are if that's where they're supposed to be. Tell them about the porch. Tell them about us. Tell them about the Word. I'm praying that... Anyone who's been blessed would be a blessing. We're supposed to be conduits of his finances, of his blessings in every way, shape, or form. Manna no longer falls from heaven. He does it through us. I'm praying for the open conduits of those blessings, his blessings, to fund all the dreams and the visions and the missions, the things that Firefall has to do, finishing the documentary and doing others. Uh, SRT, the, to go out there and help set the captives free and shut down the enemy, heal the land for the things on the porch, all the things that He's given us to do that some of us are doing together. Some of you out there are participating with us, which means pray for the videos. If you are part of the porch community, you should have already gotten notice on how to access the videos. Soon, probably within the next week or two I'm going to be taking the first batch of videos and editing them down to put them on YouTube. Keep your eye out for the Firefall network where I will put clips and shorter segments and I will put them up for other people to listen to. I will cut out the community part of the praise reports and the prayer requests because that's just for us. And I'm I'm praying that we could move forward and do the things that we're called to do for the kingdom of God. Shallow, 2021, sundown, May 16th, ends two-day holiday on sundown, Tuesday, May 18th, Pentecost Sunday, May 23rd, 2021. Those are always marker days for me. The Lord always seems to do things on those days. The only other praise report and prayer request I have is from Kim. She says, I hope all is well with you guys. And then she put you all. Kim, I see what you did there. She says, I'm doing good, and I praise him for that. I praise him for my salvation and my sobriety. I praise him for my children and for my family. Thank you, Father, for your patience and your love. Father, I'm still praying for my friend, Bobby. Her recovery is going very slowly, but you live outside of time. Your healing will be completed in your timing. She also says, a dear friend of mine passed away yesterday. He was a recovering alcoholic with 15 years of sobriety. He led so many people out of darkness, of the darkness of addiction and into the light. He and his wife had COVID. His wife recovered. He did not. When he went to the hospital, they told him that he had stage four lung cancer and had spread to his brain and his lungs. That was less than two weeks ago. They were going to start radiation, but he passed away yesterday. She said, this hurts. I'm asking for prayers for his wife. He's devastated. They're both recovering alcoholics like Kim is. Please pray for them. Lord, please continue to protect us, guide us, provide for my family and the porch families in Jesus' name. So, Father, we come to you now in the name of Yeshua. We come to you by the power of the Ruach HaKodesh, your Holy Spirit, which connects us to you in the throne room. And as your children, your sons, and your daughters, we boldly approach the throne of grace and mercy, saying, Abba, Father, Papa, God, Daddy, we love you. So thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for sending Yeshua. Thank you for giving us your word. Thank you for giving us your Holy Spirit to teach us and remind us of your word. So right now we take our thoughts captive to the obedience of Messiah. We claim the mind of Messiah, and we cast down every vain imagination that would exalt itself above the knowledge of El Elyon, God Most High, our Abba, Father. So Holy Spirit, have your way. Do whatever you want to do tonight. Touch this word, anoint this word, anoint my lips, open our ears, open our hearts, and prepare us to receive, and I pray all these things. In Yeshua's name, amen. Are proprietary information except where noted the information comes from outside sources. Combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. So many, many months now we've been starting out with the Lord's Prayer. I don't feel led to stop that right now. So we're going to keep going on. Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13. That's what we're talking about. Let your kingdom come, Lord, on earth as it is in heaven. We want that. Lead us away from the snares and the temptation of the kingdom of darkness. For yours is the kingdom we seek and its power and glory forever. That power, that miraculous power, that might, that strength and your glory which is always good. God is always good. He's always worthy of praise and honor and glory, splendor and renown. That's our, our Father. That's our Papa. The Lord touches on that Matthew 25, 31. When the Son of Man comes in His glory, His majesty and splendor, and all the holy angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory. That's what He's bringing with Him. The kingdom of power and glory manifested naturally, both spiritually and naturally, into this reality. But until that happens, until he does that, it's here spiritually. It's within us. We are the representatives here on earth. The kingdom of God, his kingdom, his rule on earth as it is in heaven. Every day I pray that, Lord, there's no sickness in heaven, so let there be no sickness in my life. There's no lack in heaven, let there be no lack in my life. I want my life to represent the kingdom of God. And he's been building this in us and with us. That's what I'm trying to get through to you. His kingdom authority already resides within you. We are the representatives of the kingdom of God on earth. We enforce his rule over the enemy. Stop expecting anybody else to do that. Stop expecting the angels to do that for you. We were given all authority in heaven and earth. It's up to us. We're the occupying army. We rule and reign with the Lord, or we get ruled over by the enemy. Well, I want to rule over the enemy. I want to have dominion over the enemy. That's my choice. What's yours? Dominion, delegated, positional authority. That's what allows us to dominate the enemy, to not be victimized. Romans 8.37. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors and gain an overwhelming victory through him who loved us. So much that he died for us. We're more than conquerors because of our positional relationship with him. Our intimacy with him. No matter what the enemy does to you, no hardship succeeds. Oh yes, you go through it. We live in a fallen world. We all do. But we're dependent upon him and that relationship with him. One of the things I touched on last week and it continues to resonate inside of me that there are two kingdoms preparing simultaneously for the end of time. They know that. Some of us know it. I don't believe the church at large knows it. Satan knows that the signs are coming so he's doing everything that he can do to get ready for it. He's actually been preparing for thousands of years. His angels, the fallen, have been preparing. Their demons have been preparing. Every effort has been made by him to establish his kingdom on earth. We see it in politics. We see it in media. We see it all around us. Well, we've been called to establish the Lord's kingdom on earth. And the stronger kingdom will rule and reigns. So I know that by the Spirit and by the Word of the Lord that we're the stronger kingdom. But yet it doesn't appear like that, does it? It seems like we're victimized. We're always being victimized. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of that. If we're going to be at war, then let's be at war. Let's prepare. Let's get ready. Let's take our stand. We sit in authority with him. We sit in dominion with him. We're not called to sit and do nothing. We're not called to be spectators. We're called to act on the authority that he's given us and take dominion over the enemy. So what should we do? We touched on this last week. I gave you five points, but I'm adding a sixth tonight. One, discern and understand the times. That's what these sessions on the porch are about. Two, know who he is. all so from day one, I've tried to teach you that. Know who we are in him. Also, have spent day one over the last decade teaching that. Four, live the kingdom life. That's been the focus of the last year. Five, understand that we are in a war. And then six, what I'm adding tonight and what we're going into is understand kingdom warfare. Two kingdoms preparing for this time. Two kingdoms are at war. Ephesians 3.10. Bible should be open by now. I shouldn't have to tell you that. The minute we start the porch, the minute that shofar sounds, that's your call to worship, that's your call to attention. Your Bible should be open. Your app should be open. However you do this. Ephesians 3.10. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. To that intent, now, that's how it starts out, means in contrast to the past. Well, why now? What makes now different, Paul? Well, the cross, Calvary, and the upper room on the day of Pentecost. That's why now is different. Made known by who? By the church. To who? To the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. To the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly realms. Which also refers to the evil spiritual powers. You know, Paul is really on point, And he's very specific throughout all of Ephesians. But especially in Ephesians 6. The Amplified says, to the angelic rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. The thrones refer to the angels who sit on thrones as rulers. The dominions refer to the domains or the kingdoms over which these heavenly beings reign. Principalities refer to rulers and powers refer to angelic monarchs who wield regal power. Don't forget two kingdoms, two sets of rulers both natural and supernatural. And since the Lord spoke all these things into existence, every rank of angel, angel, heavenly or fallen, he is supreme over each and every one of them. King James Bible study notes, as angels are created spiritual beings who are servants of God. We're going to cover this, I don't know which week, what line but we're going to start covering this whole concept of angels. There's a lot of bad teaching out there. There's a lot of bad religion out there about angels and the worship of angels. People don't become angels. They are created beings, created by God to be servants of gods. They're not your servants. You can't order them around. Remember last week I told you I confronted a very famous popular evangelist on social media. She, which will give you a clue of about percentage of them. She was teaching that you can order angels around, that you have the authority to tell angels what to do. So I reached out directly to her right there on her comment and said, hey, we were both taught by the same man. We were taught spiritual warfare by the same pastor. He's never believed that. He's never taught that. So tell me chapter and verse why you believe that. Of course, I did not get a response because there is no chapter and verse. We're below the angels. When we get our heavenly bodies and we rule and reign with the Lord, then we will judge them in accordance with the word. But you don't order angels around. They don't take orders from you. The word angel means messenger. They have the power to be visible in human form, but they are incorporeal beings. They possess intellect, emotion, and will. Hence, some fell because they rebelled. And the word angel is always used in a masculine gender. Somebody tells you they have a female angel, I will tell you that's not an angel. It's probably one of the firstborn of the fallen, one of the Nephilim spirits. Angels are males. They don't need to be male and female because they don't procreate, at least they weren't meant to procreate. Of course, we know Genesis 6, something happened. They have great power, but are not omnipotent. They have excessive wisdom, but are not omniscient. There's only one person who is omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient. That's the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And their number is great, but they're not limitless. And let me add to that King James study Bible notes, new ones don't get made. They've been spoken into existence. Their number has been made. People don't become angels. When we cover that, I'll tell you where some of that came from. Go with me to Ephesians 1, starting verse 16. This will be the Amplified. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, I always pray that the God of our Lord Jesus the Messiah, the Father of glory, may grant you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation that gives you a deep and personal and intimate insight into the true knowledge of him. For we know the Father through the Son. And I pray that the eyes of your heart, the very center and core of your being, may be enlightened, flooded with the light by the Holy Spirit. So that you will know and cherish the hope, the divine guarantee, the confident expectation to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, God's people. That's us. We're all the saints. People don't become saints. And so that you will begin to know what the immeasurable and unlimited surpassing greatness of his active spiritual power is in us who believe. These are in in accordance with the workings of his mighty strength, which he produced in Messiah when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. So we know from Ephesians 1, verse 20, Messiah is seated with the Father at his right hand in the heavenly places. And then we know something from Ephesians 2, 6, that he raised us up together with him when we believed and seated us with him in the heavenly places because we are in Messiah Yeshua. We are positioned with him in the heavenly places, in eternity, in authority. So, kingdom warfare is not generic non-specific warfare. It's a very specific warfare. It's about the kingdom of God, and it's for the kingdom of God. Go with me to Ephesians 6, the whole armor of God. Every week, I'm going to read verses 10 through 20, and then we're going to pick a section out and deal with it. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. and supplication for all the saints and for me, Paul says, that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Finally, my brethren, as Paul's word to the church at large to remind them to stay attentive to the fact that Hasatan and the fallen are their opposition, that he is out there. And opposition requires protection. The Holman Bible Handbook says Paul made sure believers recognized that as new people have been granted a new life in a new family with new relationships, and I'll add in a fallen world, they still would endure spiritual warfare. The closing portion of Paul's letter explained his account of the Christian's conflict with evil forces. As believers, we are always in conflict whether you can see it, feel it, hear it, know it or not. This is not our home. Let me say that again. We don't belong here. The world hates us. The enemy hates us. So be strong in the Lord due to the impending conflict with evil forces. So be made strong by him. You can't do it yourself in the power of his might. Now, interesting, the Lord showed me that this ties to a scripture that I always believe is misquoted in spiritual warfare. Zechariah 4, 6. Then he said to me, this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not by might or force, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Not by power, nor by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. I've had people tell me, well, that means he does it. You don't do it. Uh, That's really not what it says. Let's jump. Let's look at the whole context with which Zechariah is saying this. First of all, He's interacting with an angel, an angelic messenger from heaven. And the angel who talked with me came again and awakened me like a man who is awakened out of his sleep. And he said to me, What do you see? Zechariah said, I see, and behold, a lampstand, all of gold, with its bowl for oil on the top of it, and its seven lamps on it, and there are seven pipes to each of the seven lamps which are on top of it. And there are two olive trees by it, one upon the right side of the bowl and the other upon the left side, feeding it continuously with oil. So I asked the angel who talked with me, What are these, my lord? And the angel who talked with me said, Do you not know what these are? And I said, No, my lord. And then he said, This addition to the bowl, this addition of the bowl to the candlesticks, causing it to yield a ceaseless supply of oil from the olive trees, is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, of whom the oil is the symbol, says the Lord of hosts. So Zechariah 4:6 does apply, because his oil, his spirit is inside of us. It's inside of you right now. His might is inside of you right now. His ceaseless abiding Holy Spirit provides this to you. So don't expect him to do it for you. You have been given the power and the authority to do it. So in conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered by through your union with him. Draw your strength from him which is coming from where the unending flow of the Holy Spirit, that oil, that strength, which His boundless might provides to you. Be empowered by your union, by your merger with him. Be made strong through the Holy Spirit. You know, maybe this is just for me, but it, Every time I work on this, and every time I see the videos, and I edit the videos, and I hear, it speaks back to me what I said during the Bible study. It triggers new thoughts and new revelations, more of an understanding when Paul says, put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand against the wiles of the devil. What he's saying is it's all or nothing. It's a package deal. You need every part of it. Why? Because the wiles of the devil are listed in the attacks he mentions regarding the pieces of the armor. Believers must, must adorn themselves with the armor of God in order to stand against Hasatan and the fallen and the kingdom of darkness schemes. Five defensive weapons. The enabling nature of truth to resist the lying and false doctrines. Not doing very good with that one, church. The covering quality of the righteousness that resists the accusations, the internal effect of them in your conscience that would make you despondent. The stabilizing quality of peace that resists slander and selfishness, makes you less prone to be offended. The protective ability of faith that resists prayerlessness and doubts and all the things that the enemy flings at you. The encouraging nature of salvation that resists fear and disappointment. And then we have two offensive weapons. Two. That's right. Not just the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, but prayer. The Holman Bible Handbook also says it is fitting that this prayerful and meditative letter concludes with an exhortation to prayer, as well as a request for prayer. It's talking to my brother Larry. We talk and we pray every day talking about the concept of prayer and why so many people don't do it. They've not been taught how to do it. They don't understand how to do it. Well, if you've been with me the length of time, you do. We've talked about prayer. We've talked about relationship. We've talked about communicating with your Heavenly Father, with your Lord. But so many people don't have what you have. So these supernatural powers of the unseen world in which we in the natural could feel powerless towards, we're not. We have the power to resist. We have the power to stand. We have the power to push back. And we have the power to dominate and take dominion through the assistance of the Holy Spirit. That armor that God that, that Paul talks about in verse 11, put on the whole armor of God. In the Greek, it's, Panoplia It's the full armor of a heavily armed soldier. Not partial, not scaled down. It's a soldier that's prepared to get busy. That same word is used in Luke eleven twenty-two, when the Lord says, "When a stronger than he comes upon him, it overcomes him." And takes from him all his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoil, talking about the strong man, which tells you what the strong man, the kingdom of darkness, they have their own armor, they have their own protective mechanisms, having been in the occult, having seen what I saw in witchcraft and the things I did, I know that to be true. The full armor of God the spiritual help supplied by God for overcoming all the actions of the enemy. And you're commanded to put it on. You are told to dress yourselves in the armor of God, which by implication, by its name, is given to you from him. It's his armor, after all, his armory. And we're told right up. This is quality stuff. This this armor has integrity. It, it's not going to rust. It's not going to fall apart. You can trust it. If you wanted brand name armor, this is it. It's the best there is. But you have to put it on. That to me is so amazing that... You have a choice. I don't know why you wouldn't put it on, but you have a choice. You're going out into a fallen world, you're you're subjecting yourselves to the things of this world. You're turning on your smartphone, your your tablet, your computer, you're turning on TV, whatever it is, you're opening up yourselves to the enemy. Why wouldn't you want to be protected? Why wouldn't you want to know that you're covered? Why would you want to walk out there unarmed? I don't know. Maybe it's easier for me, having come out of the occult, having come out of the fact that the I know that there's a price on my head. I know I'm in a, a war. I know the enemy wants me. The enemy wants to hurt me, my family, my loved ones, even my pets. And in the past, he's gotten through and he's done that. So I, I have the wounds. I have the scars. I have the stories. I have the testimony. I know it's real. But this armor is blessed. What else would it be? It's blessed. It gives you the ability to stand against all enemies. Not just Satan. Not just his angels. Not just the demons. All enemies. It gives you the ability to withstand all attacks. And it gives you the ability... To put out those fiery darts, those things that Satan does to get into your mind, gets into your heart, and makes you want to quit. See, whenever I talk about the armor, Romans thirteen twelve resonates with me as well. The night is far spent, the day is at hand, and we know we're talking about the day of the Lord. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Folks, shine. Light dispels darkness. If you're not going to be light in a dark world, who will be? But I'm going to tell you what, right now, just came to me in my spirit. If you won't, I'll shine twice as bright. Then I have brothers and sisters who will shine twice as bright. We'll pick up the slack, but I'm calling you to do it. I'm calling you to shine. I'm calling you to expose and destroy the enemy. I'm calling you to take dominion in your life. I'm calling you to take dominion over your families. Husbands, fathers, become the high priest of your home. That doesn't mean you lord over or rule over them. It means you stand in the gap for them. And when the enemy gets through to your family, I'm going to tell you right now, the Lord's looking at you, wanting to know why. No condemnation, but it's your job. Every day, every night, 24-7, you stand in the gap. If you're a part of the porch and you've asked me to be your covering, then I stand in the gap for you. I stand out there as the sheepdog for the great shepherd. My brothers and I, that's who we are. That's what we do. But see, Easton Bible Dictionary talks about war. And it's funny, it brings up, the Israelites had to take possession of the promised land by conquest. They had to engage in a long and bloody war before the Canaanite tribes were finally subdued. Except in the case of Jericho and Ai, the war did not become aggressive till after the death of Joshua. Till then, the attack was always first made by the Canaanites. Now the measure of the iniquity of the Canaanites was full, And Israel was employed by God to sweep them away from the face of the earth. In entering this new stage of war, the tribe of Judah, according to divine direction, took the lead. And we know that David is from the tribe of Judah and so is the Lord. Nothing's changed. Same enemy, same war, just a little different, no matter who you are. We are divine warriors for the king. And that evil day is taken by some to refer to the end times when the evil one will launch a final ferocious campaign against the Messiah and his army, against those that would believe in him. But I believe, according to the word of the Lord, that the church and messianic believers who are a part of his church, don't separate them out, folks. Stop this Christian thing. We're all believers. Some of us were born into the vine. Some of us were grafted into the vine. Nonetheless, the time of Jacob's trouble, the great tribulation, is not for us. We won't be here. But until then, in case you haven't noticed, we're in a ferocious battle right now. We have brothers and sisters being slaughtered all around the world. Churches being burned to the ground. Believers being arrested, thrown into prison, tortured to renounce their faith or die. Don't make any mistakes. Don't be fooled. Satan's been doing this for a long time. Just because the media won't tell you, I will. Subscribe to Voices of the Martyrs or Open Doors, any of the the, the groups that deal with persecution And you'll see how horrific this is. So what are the wiles of the devil? Methodia, scheming, craft, deceit, cunning, wiles of error. He wants you to make a mistake. Isn't that what he did with Eve? He got her to make a mistake. He got Adam to make a mistake. When you sin, if it's a compulsion and you're not in control, you need deliverance. Most of the time, it's a choice, a bad choice. And there are different means, or different plans, and different schemes used to deceive, used to entrap and enslave and ruin the souls of his children. See, this ties back to Ephesians 4.14. See, the great thing about the letter to the church in Ephesus, we can spend months on that letter from chapter 1 to chapter 6. Paul is making a case and he's building point upon point, line upon line, precept upon precept to get to the conclusion of, finally, my brethren, that's his closing statement. Ephesians 4.14 That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful Plotting. The wiles of the devil, yes, we attributed them to Satan, to Hasatan, but it's the entire kingdom of darkness. And it's used to trick us into thinking we've been defeated, trick us into thinking we've fallen, trick us into thinking we've been separated from God. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 11.3, But I fear, lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Messiah. I fear, Paul says, that somehow your pure and undivided devotion to Messiah will be corrupted, just as Eve was deceived By the cunning ways of the serpent. She was deceived by his cunning. He didn't make her do anything. He tricked her into choosing to do wrong. Which then ties to 1 Peter 5, verses 8 and 9. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that these same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. And I say this every time I read that out loud. That doesn't preach well from the church. Nobody wants to hear about sufferings. Nobody wants to hear about their brothers and sisters being slaughtered. We don't have that in America. We don't suffer that in America. And I believe it's coming. I believe we're very soon going to be suffering for our faith in Messiah. So, logically, talking about the armor of God, once you use it, you are able... To stand against all the methods of trickery and deceit. All the wiles of the kingdom of darkness. Remember, it's not just Satan you're up against. Which, in using inverse logic, which if you follow me, you know I like to do that. That means without the armor of God, you're not able to hold up. You can't stand against that brutally diabolical schemes and methods of satan and the fallen anybody who's been in warfare anybody who's been attacked anybody who's had their mind attacked knows what i'm talking about second corinthians verse 3 through 6 of chapter 10 for though we walk in the flesh we do not war according to the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Messiah. What I always pray at the beginning. And being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Folks, you're not going to punish disobedience. You're not going to do anything. Against the kingdom if you're in disobedience. Let me say that again. Because we're in a war right now. We're in a war in this world. We're in a war in America. We're We're in a war in every level of our lives. Your children are being stolen. Oh, no. Maybe they're still in your house. They're still in their beds. But they've been stolen. The enemy's got them. He's got their mind. He's got their hearts. He's got them thinking thoughts that you don't know about. He's got them looking at the occult and magic as desirable. He's got them questioning their own gender and sexuality because that's what Disney and all the other streaming people tell them. You're in a war. Wake up. For though we walk... In the flesh, as mortal men, and we are not carrying on our spiritual warfare according to the flesh and using the weapons of man. The weapons of our warfare are not physical, they're not weapons of flesh and blood, they're not weapons of this world. Our weapons are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying. The sophisticated arguments and every exalted and proud thing that sets it up, sets it up against the true knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Messiah. What obedience is that? He did what the father did. He did what the father said. He said, well, he was obedient to the father. He was obedient to the mission. He was obedient to the word being ready to punish every act of disobedience, when our obedience, both individually and as the church, is complete. Are there natural components? Of course. Are there people that the enemy's using? Absolutely. Are there some people that they've possessed and they're using? Absolutely. Turn on the TV. But our real battle is not with humans not with cultists, not with false religionists, not with atheists or agnostics or fake Christians, but with the demonic beings working through them, of which even our flesh and blood opponents are unaware. They think those thoughts are theirs. They think they're the ones thinking those thoughts. They're not. I know. I was one of them. I know how easily it is to be deceived. I know what they can do. That's why I'm so adamant about this. We're in a war. We're in a war for the hearts and minds of humanity, of our children, of our brothers and sisters. We're in a war to take back what the enemy's stolen. We're in a war right now for this nation. We're in a war for the church at large, for the ones who are sitting in pews and are completely oblivious. They buried their heads so far up into the sand and their other end is way up in the air. They're clueless as to what's going on out there. They just don't know. It's your job to tell them. It's your job. It's my job. We're called to say something. Because whoever controls the minds of man, whoever controls the minds of your children, will be able to manipulate their choices and steal their hearts and souls. I don't get on social media because I like it. I don't. I get on social media to keep an eye on what the enemy's doing. Again, on social media to keep an eye on what people are doing. And many of you I'm connected to on social media, so I see things. Don't always say anything, but don't confuse my silence for apathy. That roaring lion, he's devouring. He's tearing apart. He's feasting and feeding. And I'm trying to get you to be tired of it. I know I'm tired of it. I sit here every day with my brother Larry and we pray. We pray for the provisions to get out there and do what we do. We pray for the pr- provisions to, through the documentaries and the other things that Firefall does to expose the enemy. We pray for the provisions to go set the captives free. Wake up. The king is coming. Father, I just pray right now for your children. I pray that they'd wake up. I pray now, Holy Spirit, right now, You're stirring up people's hearts and minds. You're stirring up that fire inside of them. Something has clicked. A light bulb has gone off in their head. I suddenly realize, wait a second, I see what he's talking about. I see what's happening in this world. I see the lies and the injustice, but I see it from a kingdom perspective. We're being misled. We're being led like lambs to the slaughter. And Lord, there are those of us like me and my brothers and SRT and others. We're not the only ones, but others. We're standing on the side. We're standing on the hillsides. We're jumping up and down. We're waving our arms and trying to get the lambs to turn back. And sometimes you send us out there to go get them and we engage the enemy. But there's just too many. We need more warriors. We need more people to get on their knees and pray. We need more people to take this seriously, Lord. Stir up your children. Open our hearts and minds. Tell us what we need to do, Holy Spirit. Right now, speak to us. Last week, you you gave me a word of prophecy, and somebody wrote me and said that was for them. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Tell us what you want us to know. Even when I'm not live and I can't speak it out, speak to them as they're listening. Speak to them as they watch the video. Open their hearts and their minds. Father, right now I'm praying for those people that have lost loved ones, family members, to the enemy. Oh, they're still alive. Therefore, they're still redeemable. We can still rescue them. So, Lord, I'm standing in the gap for them and with them. I'm praying for that son that won't repent and turn back, who's grit their teeth and is so stubborn, doesn't want to admit that they're wrong and they're dying inside. I pray for that mother right now, Lord, that's lost all hope, been abandoned. I pray right now, by the power of your Holy Spirit, that balm of Gilead would touch their heart, heal their wounds, and that you'd pull them into your arms. And Lord, I pray for those that the church has wounded, and they've run, they've fled. I pray that they would see things through your eyes, stop judging you by man, stop judging man by you, and come home. Let go of the pain. Let go of the wounds. Let go of all those things the enemy has done to you and come home. And finally, I pray right now by the fire of the Holy Spirit, by the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, that you be filled from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet with his Spirit, with his Ruach HaKodesh, and that both the gifts and the Spirit begin to manifest within you for the kingdom of God, for his glory. And I pray all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Give you shalom. I'm Richard Grund. This has been The Porch. On Firefall Talk Radio.